are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good show for you today. Um, I'm going to talk about an NFL rule that isn't being talked about. New rule goes into effect this season that not a lot of people are talking about that they probably should be. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA, free agency, trading deadline, all that stuff, or trades coming up. Free agent signings. Damian Lillard is the guy I want to talk about the most because he's probably, I mean, his decision is going to have a lot of dominoes falling, to say the least. I'm going to talk a little bit about the College World Series from last night. LSU is your national champion. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the Jim Rome smack-off. Anybody that knows my history knows I used to work for Jim. I'm a former winner. I've been asked a few times this week, am I going to do it this year? And I'll give you my answer in today's podcast. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's first start off with some NFL rule changes for 2023. There's some that we've gone over when they first were announced. Um, Players are now can use the jersey number zero. That's never been allowed in the NFL before. Now you can. Kickers and punters can use any jersey number between zero and 49 and 90 and 99. The let's see, uh, the definition of a launch has been changed. A launch is a personal foul, 15 yard penalty. Now, is if a player leaves one or both feet to make a tackle, tripping is now a personal foul. If a player is called for tripping, penalty is 15 yards and an automatic first down. Um, let's see some other ones. Well, let's see. To prevent offense from benefiting from an extra play at the end of the half because of an offensive penalty, if an offense commits a holding penalty, they will no longer lead an untimed additional down. And kickoffs that are received inside the 25-yard line, you can fair catch, and it automatically brings it out to your own 25. But here's the one that's kind of going unnoticed and I guess probably affects the Baltimore Ravens the most. And that is they want to make handing the football forward a penalty, like an illegal forward pass. So the rule change is this. Teams are now penalized for handing off the football forward on a read option, for example, or any other running play, and that's a penalty. Handoffs will have to be made next to or behind the cornerback, not in front of. So picture this. Lamar Odom, Lamar Odom, what a, Lamar Odom, <laughs> at least they had the share, share the same first name, Lamar Jackson, he's in the shotgun, he gets, he sends somebody in motion in front of him, Lamar has hiked the ball before the guy in motion crosses him, and right when Lamar gets it, he's putting it in the stomach of the runner that's in front of him, and just holding it, holding it, holding it, And then he pulls it away and starts running himself or pulls it away and starts throwing. Well, the bottom line is that would be you're not allowed to even hand it off to the person in front of you because that is now considered a forward pass. So you can still send that guy in motion, and I guess you can still fake it in his stomach and hold it there. But if the other team reads the new rule book and tells their defensive players, look, if he puts it in that guy's stomach – He can't give it to him. It's a penalty. So just focus on what Lamar is doing. Don't even go after the guy in motion. So it kind of kills that. 
but he can't even use it and stick it in his belly. And then, I mean, he can. He can stick it in his belly, but then he's got to pull it out and either run it or throw it. And so that really is, and that was almost a bread and butter of some of the things that the Baltimore Ravens do offensively. Now, the Ravens also went and hired Georgia's offensive coordinator in the offseason, Todd Monken. He's now running their offense. I don't know if they're still running this, going to do this read option stuff with Lamar. I don't know if they're going to have him throw more. Because at Georgia, when they won the last two national championships with Stetson Bennett behind center, how many times were they running the read option with him? Very little. So I know football coaches are very smart and they can adjust to their own personnel. And maybe Todd Monken is coming in and has got a plethora of plays using the read option. All I know is the new rule says you cannot hand off to somebody in front of you. If Lamar Jackson is in the shotgun and gets it and wants to give it to a guy in motion, he has to basically tap it to him or kind of shovel it to him. He can't put it in his belly and then that guy take off with it. So I thought that was a very interesting rule. I didn't even know about this until TikTok yesterday. I don't know how I saw this on TikTok, but somebody put it out there. Yeah. Somebody put it out there on TikTok that this is a thing. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Had no idea. Sorry. But yeah, very, very interesting. Did not know that. So keep that in mind for the NFL rules coming up in 2023. Uh, I want to talk about NBA. And we know that free agency signings are happening soon. People are going to, you're going to start hearing towards the end of the week, people are signing new free agent contracts. They don't officially sign them until the 6th of July, I believe. But you'll see that so-and-so has agreed in principle to a you know four-year, $100 million contract. The biggest name going around right now and is kind of the one that's going to have all the dominoes falling is Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is 33 years old. He's one of the best point guards in the league. He's one of the top 10 players in the league, I would say, when he's healthy. But he's playing on a team that's going absolutely nowhere. And if you look at Portland's roster, they're a good team in the West, but they certainly aren't contending for an NBA championship they haven't in recent seasons, and they aren't next season. Even drafting Scoot Henderson, all the more reason why it doesn't make a lot of sense for Dame Lillard to stay in Portland. But Dame Lillard has always said, I want to finish my career in Portland. Now, plenty of other players in other sports, and even in the NBA, have said that as well, that they want to finish their career with one team. It's just very hard to do nowadays. And with the Trailblazers drafting Scoot Henderson, the fact that the Miami Heat are hot on the tails of Dame Lillard and they want to form a big three with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Dame Lillard, it makes all the sense in the world. Now, when you make trades in the NBA, salaries have to match up, all this stuff. I don't think Portland is going to get a dollar for a dollar on that. They're probably going to get 70 cents to the dollar, especially if Dame says he wants to leave and he's talked to management and he thinks it's best if he moves on. Then... Everybody knows that Portland not needs to get rid of him, so they're not going to offer equal value. Maybe they give him 65, 70 cents on the dollar. And my thinking is this. I can't tell Dame what to do in his career. I don't know how he feels, what his deal is with the city of Portland. He might absolutely love them and want to stay and never want to go anywhere. And I, I get that. There are people that are like that, but for a guy as competitive as he is, and for a guy who wants to win as badly as Dame Lillard does, I don't see any reason he needs to stay in Portland. 
he can go to the Heat and be a top three team in the East with that threesome of Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Dame Lillard. I'm sorry. That is a top three Eastern Conference team for sure. Now, if he stays in the West, what is Portland at best? At best, a six seed? And you've got Scoot Henderson, who plays the exact same position as Dame? It just doesn't make any sense. I think Portland drafted Scoot Henderson knowing that, not that they were forcing Dame out the door, because they wouldn't do that. They're a proud organization. They're not going to treat him wrong. And I know that there are reports out yesterday that Dame had a meeting with the Portland front office, and the Portland front office came out and said, we talked to Dame, things are good, we want to build around Dame. I, I, I don't buy it. I, I, I just don't buy that. I think they are looking to deal him now. I really do. It doesn't make a lot of sense to keep him if you're keeping Scoot Henderson. You're building around Scoot. Scoot is 13 years younger, or 14 years younger. Is Scoot 19, 20? He's 13 or 14 younger years younger than Dame, and you're not going anywhere in terms of an NBA championship if Dame stays in Portland for the next two or three years. You're just not. You don't have a championship team there. I can name six teams in the West right off the top of my head. Golden State, Phoenix, Denver, Lakers, Dallas, all better than Portland. So that puts them at the sixth seed. And I, did I even say Memphis? I don't remember if I said Memphis. Memphis Memphis has the last two defensive players of the year on their team in Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Smart now after that trade with Boston. Memphis is going to be good next year. And yeah, the John Morant suspension for 25 games, we talked about it at the time. It's probably going to help him in the long run because he's going to be healthy. And he's going to have fresher legs than a lot of people who play 70, 80 games. Well, does anybody play 70 or 80 games in the NBA anymore? Not really. Superstars certainly don't. But at the most, all Jaw can play is 57, and you know he's still going to sit out games. So I just think it's time for Dame to move on. I know he's got a kinship with Portland. I know he loves that city. I know he has said he wants to stay there, but I think he sees the writing on the wall. I think he understands he's not winning a championship there anytime soon, and I think he understands if he wants to win a championship, he one, he probably needs to get out of the West, and two, if this Miami trade can be swung and Tyler Hero and Picks or whatever go to Portland, it's probably the best Portland's going to do. But if he goes to Miami, that is a top three team in the East without a doubt. Dame has to see that. He has to know he's better off going to the Eastern Conference right now and joining up with Miami. So I want to talk a little sports talk radio with you here for a few minutes. And that is particularly the nationally syndicated sports talk show, The Jim Rome Show. Jim Rome Show is a show that I listened to all throughout high school and into college. If you haven't heard this story, it's an interesting one. If you have, you're going to hear it again. And there's a reason for you going to hear it because today is a big week. This week is a big weekend in Jim Rome Show history. So my senior year of college, I was a communications major at Loyola Marymount University in L.A. Second semester of my senior year, we had to do a senior thesis. And the most important thing and the something that I listened to every day, even in college, was the Jim Rome Show. I had listened to it all throughout high school, or probably my last couple of years of high school. 
and then got to college. I freshman year in college, I went to SMU in Dallas, and I would listen to the Jim Rome show. There was no streaming back then, but I would call into the Jim Rome show and listen. Sometimes I'd have my friends in California tape the show for me and mail me cassette tapes. I was obsessed with the show because I always knew I wanted to be a sports talk show host in college. That's what my ultimate goal was. And Jim's show was my favorite show. I was a caller to that show. I was a known caller on that show. Well, anyway, second semester of senior year at Loyola Marymount University happens. We got to do a senior thesis. And I'm like, I'm going to do it on the Jim Rome show. I did the organizational culture of a sports talk show. So about four or five times during second semester of senior year, I had to go up to the studio, interview Jim, interviewed the producer, Travis Rogers, interviewed uh, the engineer, Brian Albers, interviewed the phone screener, Carl Young, I think his last name was. And then we're about three or four weeks away from me graduating college, and I've never worked in radio. I worked as the play-by-play guy. I worked at the LMU basketball. I worked at the radio station there being a play-by-play guy for the basketball team, but I didn't want to do play-by-play. That wasn't my expertise. I did not grow up wanting to be a play-by-play guy. I realized I wanted to be a sports talk show host. So I went to Jim one last time about probably three or four weeks before I graduated college, and I said, hey, I've been up here all semester, really enjoyed my time. I'm graduating in a month. If there's anything I can do on this show, I'd love to do it, whether it's fetch coffee, whatever. I just want to be here and learn the business. And Jim appreciated that. Jim appreciated the work that I put in all second semester. And he hired me uh, to work as the new phone screener for the show and um, worked there from uh, I graduated college on a Saturday and I started with Jim that Monday. And while I was there in the years leading up to it, while I was a caller to the show, I participated in the smack off. I can't remember what place I got. It's on a website out there. It's on stucknut.com if you want to go look at where I finished in the um, 94, 95. I think I won it in 95. 93, 94 smack offs. I can't remember. What year did I win it? I won it in, well, I won it when I was working for him. So I won it in 98. What am I talking about? I didn't win it in 95. I won it in 98. Smack off, best callers in the show are the only ones allowed to call that day and you just you call up and you you know read you read your scripted call and you whoever has the best call wins i was working for jim at the time answering phones and when i went into work that day i wasn't planning on calling but so many callers used me as fodder in their calls because i was one of them and now i was working for jim so they were all taking shots at me i was like you know what i'm gonna go down the hall jot some notes down, write some stuff, and call from my office. And I did, and I won. And then stopped working for Jim in January of 99. Yeah. And got to a radio station in L.A., and I still called the smack off every year. Most years. There was like a three-year run where I didn't in like 20... God, I can't remember the years. It's on Stucknut if you want to go look. But anyway, that's to say that the smack off is this Friday for the Jim Rome show. I can tell you right now, I'm not doing it. I think my days are done calling that show. It has nothing to do with any sort of bitterness or whatever. I just don't follow the show anymore. 
I am in Texas, and I know it's on CBS uh, Sports, Channel 221 on DirecTV. I just don't listen anymore, and it's very hard to get a lot of the, would you say, uh, inside jokes of the show and who to rip on and what the overall vibe of the show is when you don't listen. And, you know, calling up and talking about NBA trading deadline and free agent signings is, you know, if you're a fan of the show, you know that's not what Jim wants to hear about. So I just, I've, I've kind of gotten away from it. I mean, if I, some of my smack off calls, it's some of the things that I said in previous smack off calls would get me canceled nowadays. Uh, but yeah, it's just one of these things, you know, it's just, it was the, it was the lingo of the show. It was, it was ex- again, things that were accepted back then that aren't accepted now. And I would never, you know, make a call like that, but I just, I don't have much to offer. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I didn't call last year. Uh, I'm not calling this year, but well, actually Friday, I'm going to be busy. I was going to say, but I, I've tuned in every year this Friday. I'm actually not going to be around. So I'm not going to be able to listen this year. But for anybody that's been asking, no, not calling the uh, smack off this year. And I would suspect there's a good chance I'm never calling again. It just, I just, I just don't see it. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not part of that anymore. And it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm bigger than that or I'm big leaguing them. It's just that, no, I just, I don't listen. I, you move things, you know, you move on, you don't listen to the show anymore. And I just don't feel like I have any sort of uh, relationship with the show and know anything that's going on on the show. And you know how those smack off calls go. It's all about making fun of the other callers. I have no idea who the other callers are outside of, you know, the guys that I grew up listening to, the Iafrates and the Raider Mikes. And I don't think he calls anymore. And, you know, Trapper's, you know, rest in peace. He's dead. Like just those guys, you know, Silk doesn't call anymore. So I, I have no idea. You know, yes, I, I have been in recent smack offs with Brad and Corona. I'm very well aware who he is. And it just, me calling up, I've, I've told every 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 way I could insult Brad and Corona, He, I, I've done. It's just like there's only so much you can say. And that's where it kind of gets repetitive to me for these other callers when I listen. I'm just like, they're saying the same things every year, just thinking of a different way to say it. So it's just like, I just, I don't know. It's just not for me anymore. But I'll listen. I mean, there's some good lines that come out of that thing, and there's some good callers uh, still that I've heard. Um who won last year? Was it the Green Bay guy that won last year? Caleb in Green Bay? Yeah. I'm still friends with Sean the Cowboy Asian. We'll always be friends. Uh, I'm sure he's calling. He's always got good stuff. He's my favorite caller. You know, Sean and I used to go at each other back in the day before we knew each other. And then we've, you know, texted each other. We've hung out a few times in the past. Really good guy. And, um, you know, I brought him out of jungle retirement in one of my calls a few years ago that got me i believe second place and i thought it was one of my better calls ever but shocked the world by bringing in sean as a as a tag team call and which as i which i had never done in my life before and it was literally like vince mcmahon teaming with eric bischoff i mean that's what it was we surprised everybody and that's what probably got a second place but yeah one of my one of my favorite calls was shocking the jungle and bringing Sean in my calls, a nemesis of mine and a guy that took some really hard shots at me over the years. And I took shots back at him. It was all, all in good fun, but 
there was always something to it for sure. So, uh, but Sean's a good guy, and I hope he wins another SmackOff title one of these years. Anyway, I want to end with this. College World Series last night. <laughs> it's just if there's any if there's any way to say that proof that momentum isn't a thing, I think the College World Series played it out. Two nights ago, Florida beats LSU 24 to 4 to tie the series up. Best of three. Tied it up at one game apiece. You're like, well. Florida clearly has an edge going into game three. They just beat them by 20 runs. Yeah. LSU won 18 to four yesterday. Like Momentum is what's the saying in baseball. Momentum is only good as that day's starting pitcher. You know what winning 24 to four in game two of the college world series meant for the Florida Gators? Absolutely nothing. It's one game. And we talked about this all the time during the NBA playoffs and the hockey playoffs. It doesn't matter one game to the next. Every game is a one-game series. There is no momentum carrying over from one game to the other. None. It's just a new game the next day. And it does not matter what happened in the game previous. It doesn't matter if you lost at the buzzer or you lost by 40. If you come back and win the next game after losing the game before, whether by 1 or by 40, now, those last two games are 1-1. You won one, and they won one. But people don't seem to understand that. People seem to think that momentum is really a thing. It really isn't. It's almost the complete opposite. If momentum was a thing, Florida would have won game three last night. Instead, they got their nuts blasted off 18-4. to <laughs> A day after scoring 24 runs, they had four runs and five hits. So what did 24 runs the day before mean? Nothing. Just means they scored a hell of a lot of runs that game. Great. You still had one more game in you. You probably shot your wad by scoring 24 runs the game before, considering you came back less than 24 hours later and put up five hits and four runs. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast, including subscribe. It'll be in your podcast feed if you're a subscriber to the Sports Daily. As I mentioned at the end of yesterday's podcast, I'm all set to record an interview for this week. It's going to run on Friday. All set to record today. I will tell you who it is tomorrow once it is in the can and recorded. Can't wait for you all to hear it. I'll let you know about that tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.